You may remember that, uh, that cartoon, The Family Circus. I always liked The Family Circus. Uh, three reasons, really. Uh, first, uh, so rightly named Family Circus. Secondly, so simply drawn. And the third reason why I like the Family Circus so much is that um, really great, accurate depictions of family life. One of the more memorable Family Circus cartoons that I came across, uh, Little Billy is in the grocery store uh, with, with his mother. It's uh, the week before Thanksgiving, and they are picking out a turkey. And as he is wont to do, Billy takes a moment, pauses, reflects, and then tells his mom, Thanksgiving should come after Christmas. Then we would have a lot more to be thankful for. I resonate with that. Let's pray. Lord, for what we are about to receive, make us truly thankful. Amen. Now, normally you hear that prayer in association with a meal, and it's like the the starter's gun uh, at a race. Bam! You pray that prayer. It's short. It's sweet. It's done. And you are off, and you are eating. Uh, I like that prayer. Uh, I like it because it's short and to the point, uh, which is my way of preferred communication. Uh, But there is one little extra word in that prayer that uh, has a little bite to it. Uh, Do you know which word that is? Truly. Yes, Lord, make us truly thankful for what we are about to receive. And you know, as we enter a time of thanksgiving, being truly thankful is what it's all about. Uh, we give lip service to the Lord. We, we do pray uh, before our meals. We do thank the Lord for so many things. But so many times we're just going through the motions. And so I love that prayer. Lord, for what we're about to receive, make us truly thankful. Sometimes it's grateful. That word works too. And I want to direct your attention to Psalm 40. Uh, if you would turn in your Bibles to Psalm 40. We're leaving our Proverbs uh, series for a little bit, and we're going to be venturing into Advent for the next uh, four Sundays after this, and then we'll finish up Proverbs on the last Sunday of the year, as the Lord wills. But Psalm 40 is uh, the passage today, and the title of the sermon is In Praise of Praise. And so I'm going to read a little bit longer passage than I normally do here, but Psalm 40 and I'm going to break tradition here, but I'm going to ask you to stand as uh, I read this scripture. Hear the word of the Lord, Psalm 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He turned to me and heard my cry for help. He brought me up from the desolate pit, out of the muddy clay, and set my feet on a rock, making my steps Secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear, and they will trust in the Lord. 
How happy is anyone who puts his trust in the Lord and has not turned to the proud or to those who run after lies. Lord my God, you have done many things. Your wondrous works and your plans for us, none can compare with you. If I were to report and speak of them, they are more than can be told. You do not delight in sacrifice and offering. You open my ears to listen. You do not ask for a whole burnt offering or a sin offering. Then I said, see, I have come. And the scroll that is written about me, I delight to do your will, my God. And your instruction is deep within me. I proclaim righteousness in the great assembly. See, I do not keep my mouth closed, as you know, Lord. I did not hide your righteousness in my heart. I spoke about your faithfulness and salvation. I did not conceal your constant love and truth from the great assembly. Lord, you do not withhold your compassion from me. Your constant love and truth will always guard me. For troubles without number have surrounded me. My iniquities have overtaken me. I am unable to see. They are more than the hairs of my head and my courage leaves me. Lord, be pleased to rescue me. Hurry to help me, Lord. Let those who intend to take my life be disgraced and confounded. Let those who wish me harm be turned back and humiliated. Let those who say to me, aha, aha, be appalled because of their shame. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love your salvation continually say, the Lord is great. I am oppressed and needy. May the Lord think of me. You are my helper and my deliverer, my God. Do not delay. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, you may say, Brother Kevin, that's a great psalm, aren't they all? That's a great psalm, but I don't think the word thanksgiving was in there even one time. And you know what? You're exactly right. The word thanksgiving is not mentioned in Psalm 40. And I'm going to let you know in just a few minutes why I chose Psalm 40 for our Thanksgiving service. But first, please allow me a point of personal privilege. Brothers and sisters, I know that many of you are are suffering right now and that uh, you're going through a lot. And my heart's heavy because we're family. I don't know where this came from, but Rhonda had this up in one of the cupboards and I came across it and it says, when I count my blessings, I count you twice. And I just like that. Because there's so many people that that applies to in my own life. But I'm very thankful for all of you, my brothers and sisters in Christ here at Blackman Baptist Church. As your brother in Christ, I, I hear your prayer request at Community Group. I see your post on the BBC Connection or on Facebook. I read the text updates. And I know that many of you are in the pit. Maybe, maybe you're in the pit emotionally. Maybe you're in the pit physically. Maybe you're in the pit spiritually. Maybe some of you are in more than one pit. Is that, is that even possible? Trust me, it's possible. And I will also admit to you that Psalms has not always been my favorite book of the Bible. For many years I would read the Psalms. I'd just kind of parachute in, read a Psalm or two, and I just, I just don't don't get it. It's not resonating with me. But the older I get, the longer I live, the more I see, the more I resonate with Psalms. 
So let me encourage you, whether you're in the pit right now, or you've just come out of the pit, or you're about to go into the pit, let me encourage you to read the Psalms daily. Trevin shared with me one Bible plan is that if you read five Psalms a day, you will cover the entire book of Psalms in a month. And so years ago, I began that practice because I felt like that was, I just felt like I I don't know the Psalms. I need the Psalms. I need more. And so I started doing that. I started reading the Psalms, five Psalms a day. Now I realize that if you're going from zero to 60, five Psalms a day may be a little bit too much. So read a couple of Psalms, read one Psalm, whatever you do, I encourage you to get in the Psalms because there is so much peace and comfort for the believers. My brothers and sisters, read the Psalms. The Lord has given us the Psalms. They are a great gift and we should be truly thankful. We should be truly grateful for the Psalms. Back to Psalm 40, back to the pit, verses 1, 2, and 3. David says, I waited patiently for the Lord. And he turned to me and heard my cry for help. He brought me up from a desolate pit out of the muddy clay and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth. You know, nowhere in the Psalms does it say he put an old song in my mouth. Now, I love the old songs. But David said he put a new song. The act of creation is still being perpetrated. It's still moving on from those who love the Lord. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear, and they will trust in the Lord. Three very simple points today. First point, God spare us. Lord spare us. It's okay to cry to the Lord. David did. I believe the Lord is blessed when we cry out to him. As a matter of fact, David did that in this very psalm. And this is not the only psalm where David cries out to the Lord. As a matter of fact, that's a pretty common theme in the psalms that David wrote, in the songs that David wrote, because David was a songwriter. And that cry to the Lord is there. It's over and over and over. It is okay to cry out to the Lord. Got a problem? Or is it plural? Got problems. Got a crisis? Or is it plural? Got crises? Cry out to the Lord. Lord, spare us. But be prepared to wait. David recognizes this in this very psalm. God's timing is not our timing. God doesn't do things. He may do what we want Him to do. But he does it in his own timing. So be prepared to wait. And that's here in this Psalm 2, verse 1. David says, I waited patiently for the Lord. Now when you wait patiently, it's because you know that whoever you're waiting on can deliver. And David knew that the Lord could deliver. And when you wait patiently, it's not only that the person that you're waiting on can deliver, you know that they have your best interest at heart. 
And David knew that about the Lord. He knew that the Lord had his best interests at heart. And when you wait patiently for someone, you know they can deliver. You know that they have your best interests at heart. And you know that they know a little bit better than you do. And David certainly felt that way about the Lord. I waited patiently for the Lord. The interpretation of the Bible called the message translates this verse or or records this verse. I waited and waited and waited for God. As I read through the Psalms, I'm struck by how many times I, I see the term wait. Wait on the Lord. This is hard for us to do. But we should cry out to the Lord, God spare us. It's good to cry out to the Lord, but we need to realize that He's going to answer in His own time. Moses cried out to the Lord. In one of my favorite Psalms, Psalm 90, verses 13 through 15, Moses says this, Lord, how long? Turn and have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your faithful love so that we may shout with joy and be glad all our days. Make us rejoice for as many days as you have humbled us, for as many years as we have seen adversity. Moses knew a thing or two about adversity. Grew up in a palace, spent some time there in the greatest superpower that the earth knew at that point, and then banished to the wilderness for 40 years. He knew some adversity. He knew some humility. He knew what it was like to have the best that earth can offer, and he knew what it was like to experience the worst that earth could offer. Moses said, Lord, how long? Sometimes it's hard for us to be patient and wait on the Lord, but he wants us to do this. Why? Because he wants to build our trust in him. God loves to spare us, but he's going to teach us while he does this. God is not willing that any should perish. God, spare us. Second point, God, save us. More than just sparing us, Lord, please make it a good saving. We're thankful for the sparing, but we want more. We want to be saved. I was talking with Rhonda about this, and she said, what's the difference between sparing and saving? It sounds a lot alike to me. And it is. They're similar. But I do think there's a difference. When God spares us, we feel His mercy. But when God saves us, we recognize His grace. When God spares us, He's sparing us from something that we deserve to get. We feel His mercy. But when He saves us, He gives us things that we never deserved. Back to Psalm 90, Moses says in verses 16 through 17, Let your work be seen by your servants and your splendor by their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be on us. Establish for us the work of our hands. Establish the work of our hands. It is okay for you to cry out to the Lord and say, spare me. It is okay for you to cry out to the Lord and say, save me. And enclosed in that request, that prayer, that urgent cry for saving, it's okay for you to ask the Lord to prosper you. Moses says, establish the work of our hands. What he's saying is, Lord, the work that you have entrusted to me, make it happen. Make it last. The word established means 
It's going to be there for a while. It's not just here for, it's not like a temporary crop that you raise and then you harvest and then the ground goes back. No, this is establishment. It is okay for us to pray that the Lord will establish the work of our hands. I love also that Moses puts that in the context of the next generation. He says, let your work be seen by your servants and your splendor by their children. Moses is thinking beyond where he is right now. And he knows that there is coming a generation and they need to be taught the things of the Lord. And Moses says, establish the work of our hands so that our children and their children can see just how great you are, Lord, and how you blessed us and how you prospered us. God, spare us. God, save us. God, send us. More than just sparing, more than just saving, God, please send us. My heart was so blessed when Weston recounted for me this week how Benjamin, who is five, I think, was recounting to him the magnificence of Isaiah and what Isaiah saw and the six-winged seraphim and the cherubim and, and how he's just, Benjamin was just blown away by that. And he's recounting it in great detail. And I'm thinking, wow, Ken, you and I really did a great job preaching through Isaiah. And Wes said, no, 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 that was Myra. Uh, that was Myra that taught him in Sunday school. So a little jealous, Myra, just a little bit. Oh, my heart was so blessed. So good. And I think probably the most well-known words that Isaiah said was in response to the Lord. Here am I, send me. When God spares us, we feel his mercy. When he saves us, We feel His grace, but when He sends us, we recognize His purpose. Because He didn't just spare us and save us just for our sake, which He could have, because He loves us. And that would have been fine, but it's more than that. He has a purpose for us. And that is, He's sending us so that other people can be spared, other people can be saved, and other people can be sent. When we enter into our relationship with the Lord... Our lives here on earth are not over. As a matter of fact, they're just beginning. God has a purpose for his elect. We have been spared and saved to be sent. I'm so thankful that God has given us a mission. He wants us to reach the world for him. Do you agree that the Lord wants us to reach the world for him? Do you agree? That's pretty easy to agree with. This is theoretical, kind of abstract. So let me ask it this way. Would you agree that the Lord wants you to reach your neighbor? Neighbors? Yeah, he does. Maybe why he put you where he put you. So much to be thankful for. We have a God that spares us, a God that saves us, a God that sends us. And as I was doing preparation for this message for you, my brothers and sisters, I came across this 
song by Rich Mullins, and I just wanted to share part of it with you. The color green. And Rich says, and I'm amazed when I remember who it was that built this house. And with the rocks I cry out, be praised for all your tenderness. By these works of your hands, suns that rise and rains that fall, to bless and bring your life, bring to life your land. Look down upon this winter wheat and be glad that you have made blue for the sky and the color green. Be praised for all your tenderness by these works of your hands. Suns that rise and rains that fall to bless and bring to life your land. Lord, look down upon this winter wheat and be glad that you have made blue for the sky and the color green that fills these worlds with praise. So God, spare us. God, save us. God, send us. Are you thankful that we have a sparing God? Are you thankful that we have a saving God? Are you convicted that we have a sending God? If God has spared you, if God has saved you, then God has sent you. We have so much to be thankful for this Thanksgiving. So let's praise Him. Father, we thank You that You are a sparing God, a saving God, a sending God. Your plan is so much more than we can imagine. It's as beautiful as the blue sky, the green fields. It's as deep and as rich as any ocean, full of life. And yet of all your creatures, you made us a little lower than the angels, but you made us and you planted us here and you gave us a mission. And when I think, Lord, of your plan and that you spared not your own son, but sent him to die for us, that we might be saved. I see just a little bit of the picture, just a little bit of the big picture of how you spared not your own son so that we could be spared. That you gave him over to death to serve a a punishment that we deserved so that we could be saved. And after we trust you, Lord, through the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ, you've given us a mission. You've sent us. I pray, Lord, that we would remember that and act on it. These things we ask in your name, Jesus. Amen.